know, I have this vision of your feet looking for me, me hiding under the couch because it was time to go somewhere. I have this memory of you drying me off in the thermal springs of Hamner, this freezing cold winter night, and all these old hairy men looking at me and I was a little baby. And you coming up behind me and wrapping a towel around me, drying me off. I remember you coming in one morning and yelling at us kids to shut up because we were making too much noise. Little things like that. Carried them with me, Jim. I'm from Australia and okay, yeah, well, so. Welcome to the United States. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's difficult for us to realize that we are only one generation removed from a total disconnect in our heritage. Too many have been invisible for too long. And as 34 years as a public school teacher, I can tell you. The schools are not doing us a favour. I've just recently come to America to see my father. It's the first time we've met in 30 years. What's going to happen is the federal forces are going to come from this direction. And we can't even shoot at them. We haven't shot anybody. <laughs> Thought about it. Rather slowly, a fight is going to develop. A lot of people get killed by unloaded guns. <laughs> My dad's obviously really involved in, in the Confederacy stuff and, and, and the South is very different for me. And once the battle commences, the Federals will push the Confederates, the Confederates will push the Federals and it will go back and forth, back and forth. All the while, the cannons are firing. And we're ready. You've been hit, Yankee Die. Yankee Die. All the horses are dead here, sir. All the mules are dead here, sir. Bring them up by hand, boy. All the battery men are dead here, sir. There ain't no artillery left here, sir. There's been so many changes in the past, just in the past 10 years. Uh, when Used to, when we came to the Gulf, the only way to get there was Highway 90 or Highway 98, which is not, we're on Highway 59 now. But, uh, My sister Penny and I sit in the back there. of the Oldsmobile looking out at the suburbs of Mobile, Alabama. Almost two hours just it's February. There are puddles on the ground and the trees are bare. We've left our bags and hire car at the hotel, and America seems huge. My emotions confusing. So far today, Penny and I have driven south from Atlanta. We've done the highways, seen the pickup trucks and the fat men at the Waffle House. My sister and I, along with our brother, grew up in New Zealand. But since our mum died, we've gone our separate ways. 
Penny now lives in Northern Ireland and I live in Australia. Now, after many months of planning, we've made it to Alabama and Jim, a father, is here in front of us. He's in the passenger seat beside his wife, Linda, who is driving. In his early 70s, Jim has a large gun, Bessie, on his hip. He has a squinty look and a hook nose just like mine. Though he's lived in America for 36 years now, he still sounds like a New Zealander. Whereas Linda, who's perhaps 10 years younger than Jim, is all Southern Belle. Wound through all these little tiny towns, and you know the speed limits were, were slow. And uh, those have been there. When we first caught sight of Mobile, with its high rises perched on the edge of the delta of Mobile Bay, Penny and I joked about turning around and getting the hell out of there. We were so nervous with the thought of seeing our father. The drive south from Atlanta not only left the northern winter behind, but a part of us with it. Jim and Linda's house is in a quiet street in a predominantly black neighbourhood. It's a small brick bungalow with several pine trees which survived Cyclone Katrina. Across the road sits a large, beat-up car. And soon, we'll be inside, looking out the window to the oak tree with the squirrels, the jaybirds and the woodpeckers. But it's the front door that I'm looking at as we arrive. The reading from the Bible. The picture of a large gun and the words, trespassers will be shot, survivors will be prosecuted. The election banner for libertarian Ron Paul, and in a window all to itself is a large Confederate battle flag. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure what I think about some things, but I, I sort of appreciate Hamish, be open-minded and take yeah. or leave anything you like, ask questions, but form your own opinions. All we're saying to you is, we didn't know. I never knew, I thought this was all about slavery. And I've had my it's eyes. It's a pretty hard one for me to get past that people can own other people. But I it's happened. It's, it's biblically, huge... Penny, biblically down through the ages. They still own people in Africa today. But you've also got to remember that people working in the fields, the first people that ever came to this country were indentured servants. Somebody paid their passage. They came, they got a bit of land, but they worked for the owner, the person that had brought them to this country. In... That's how my family got here, your family got here. Here's my razor in good honor, magnum bottom, dust and water, sheep sell oats, tuck and sell corn, shave you window, water gets worn. Now get out the way, old damn talker, get out the way, old damn talker, get out so the way. So this says he died without any will, so, but, but we've got all this stuff here. But that's uh, his but father's who's... will. It's 8 o'clock at night. We've eaten, and Penny and I are sitting on the floor of Jim and Linda's house. See, the will was for his dad, William. Died in 1848. Around us are family history papers, Confederate infantry lists, probates and wills. 
all sorts of things that point back to the 1850s, and a man called William Henry Sewell. He's part of my heritage, my father tells me, something I should feel proud of. And in a way I do, to think that William and his son Jesse Napoleon fought on the side of the South, then disillusioned, they packed up their farm in Missouri and headed off with their family in the covered wagons to settle in Coleman, Texas. And to think that I'm somehow part of this. He was a uh, justice of the peace. I remember my Texan grandfather, my father's father, Ira Sewell. He was the salesman for Case Tractors, who came out to New Zealand in the 1920s. So he would. That's my first year at school. Yeah, yeah, I can see. It's me up there. It's my first year at college, 1949. Because Ira was paid in American dollars, my father grew up in a big house in middle-class Christchurch in New Zealand. He went to the best private school. Funny to think that he's now back here and he's picked up so proudly on his white yeah. southern roots. Yeah, Johnny's right beside. They were, they were inseparable, absolutely inseparable. And there's Johnny well, that's, there. That's Brett's last year. There's Johnny there. Brett's As far as the battle is concerned, we're not trying to put on any great show. Pick out one of these guys. No, it's an Illinois family. I'm, they have a name, I can't remember the name, but it's German. Yeah. Be Hinkenmeyer instead of Stork. Well, I can see you still got the German stock in y'all. There's some big boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Germans, you know, they love meat and pork. Yeah. And it runs in my family. We all love to eat meat and pork and sausage. <laughs> I'm standing across the road from, what's this place called, Pen? Oakland, uh, Oakland's uh, plantation. It's one, it was one of the biggest plantations in the, the Mississippi. Uh, and we're standing right on the banks of the Mississippi River. And along the banks there's a swirl of branches and dirt and there's an old rusted out barge across there and probably about a kilometre away is the other side of the Mississippi. And we've just had a tour of the house, which was uh, oh, kind of interesting. There were, I think, something like 90 slaves here. And um, for um, Penny and I, for my sister and I, this is a, a bit of a dilemma. You know, the legacy of what this stuff means and, and, and how we sort of figure that out. Um, Penny, she was quite horrified to see that um, our great-great-grandfather was a slave owner and one of his slaves was called Penny. <laughs> when he died, she was able to choose who she served. I'll always remember that day when I sat down with you in your lounge room. Hamish, I would have done it differently. And we talked, man to man. Hell, that was good. It was a bad mistake. It was a rational, uh, irrational response from being put in a position where I just felt 
I just wanted to get away. I just wanted to get away. Well, those fears that a dad has about his son turning up and wondering what on earth he's after. You know, I mean, that's why I wanted to come here, really, sure. is because I get to come into your home, I get to see kind of, you know, how you... All the fears that you're in I come with as a son... Half of my life in here, 36 yeah. years here in the States. Who really, uh, if I'm really honest, you know, spent back in New Zealand again. So about just wants to say that that's, you know, that's the he loves you and but, uh, anyway, he misses I'll you and to, you know, he's always missed you. I loved you children. I remember all the good times we had. You know, if I could turn the clock back and been able to... I enjoyed doing things with you. Uh, I find I trust you for a start. I find I know you a little more. Not that I know anything enough to say I know you, but at least we've broken the ice. You are coming into a point in my life where I'm ready to try and share. And uh, it's been a while since I've really felt interested in uh, looking deep inside me and trying to come up with honest answers. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't believe the South was wrong to stand up for, you know, for what the people wanted. I mean, it was a, it was a vote of the people. I mean, each state had to get the vote to secede. The war happened over the denial of the South to be able to export their cotton. Lincoln had us blockaded. We could not get any medicine up here, and we couldn't get, they couldn't get any medicine up there. They tore up the railroad tracks. They burnt the cotton and the gems. Lord, they made everybody suffer. It's a widow lady a Confederate widow. that was made to us for us by a friend. Looks like Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. She's probably supposed to be and just a model now. But you ought to yeah. pick her up and look up under. She's got petticoats, petticoats all kinds of very <clears throat> pick her up. She's sitting in a flower vase. Yeah, she's sitting in a flower vase. We just found but it she's was the easiest way. A little skirt. I mean, a little. Uh, say, look at the slip. She's got this. And she's got this. She's got on pantalettes. Look at her. And she's got a. She's got her hat, she's got a veil, she's got a purse over here. I mean, she's just, you know, everything was thought of. Now, we stuck the flag in her. We, yeah, thought, we felt like since she was a Confederate widow, she needed to be paying her respects. <laughs> Oops, you're on right here. Here, let me help you. Yeah, she doesn't want to go down in there. Yeah. Why won't she? she came out. Oh, she's got her legs crossed. Yeah. No wonder. There we go. <laughs> just Obstinate. like a woman, ain't it? And this is this Stonewall is Jackson, Robert Stonewall E. Lee, Jackson, Jefferson Davis. <laughs> just about fell over when he said, You have to understand, the war changed the South for. <laughs> the two of us just went, We get it! <laughs> war changed South. But I had a very interesting time asking Linda yesterday, you know, she's just asking me. What way do you think it would have been different if this secession had been successful? Uh. And she's not very clear about, you know, what she would have liked to have happened, but she says it, it was, would have been better. Get away, right? 
You know, I'd always been scared of actually meeting a gym. What it would do for me, what I'd, what I'd discover in myself. Years ago when I first thought about making contact with you after my mum had died, I wondered about the man that you would see and what you'd think of me. And I got pretty hung up on that for a while, I have to say. I wanted you to know me. I wanted you to know what I looked like. I wanted you to hear me. I can remember one day when my flatmates had gone out, I um, decided I was gonna take some photos for you. I decided that they had to be essentially me, <laughs> whoever the hell that is. And I um, worked out, a, you know, did the self-timer on the camera thing. And what a bizarre bloody bunch of photos they are, I tell you. I've still got them to this day. I'm uh, too embarrassed to, to show them to anyone really, but they're a pretty good reminder of how confused and stuffed up I was about the whole thing of having a father. You're paying for your sins, Miss Penny. I am paying for Miss my Penny. sins. Miss Penny. Miss Penny? What Miss Penny? What are you bloody married? I just wish some of the teenagers of America and other sections that are lawless and delinquent had the memory of hearing heavenly sunshine or the memory of a Christian home, you wouldn't have that condition today. Just think it through, Dad. Be sure and take your family to church and Sunday school and get them under the teaching of the Word. Read the Word to them at home. When Jim left New Zealand in the early 70s, my mother Elizabeth turned to politics. She became renowned as a radical feminist, cutting her teeth as an abortion activist. Then she went on to become the head of the Ministry of Consumer Affairs before she died in the 80s. Uh, and I hope that we'll have uh, very outspoken consumer groups that at the moment I think we're just becoming aware of the whole area of the power of the consumer and I hope that we'll have groups that can... My brother, my sister and, and I grew up amidst a colourful, albeit New Zealand style of left-wing sexual politics. I was my mother's youngest, completely enthralled and deeply affected by her world. The views I held as a young man were as far away from my father's as a child can get. Ten years ago, I decided to make a radio program about my mother, and I spoke to a number of her friends. And Elizabeth sort of sweeping in and saying, um, and she had this long red coat on, looked very dramatic, and saying, my divorce has just gone through or something. And then someone said a congratulations in order, and she said, oh, definitely, or something, and everyone sort of laughed, you know. But she was very sort of swashbuckling. You were doing it alone, you were doing it alone, you were screaming in your car in the 20 mile zone, you were doing it alone, you were doing it alone, you were screaming. You were doing it alone, you were screaming in your car in the 20 mile zone, you were doing it alone, you were screaming. Was that Elizabeth? Yeah. Oh my goodness, what an elegant lady. Sometimes 
I wonder how on earth my father and mother ever got together. At 18, the year she fell pregnant to Jim, she was the good girl from the good family, working as a nurse. But then, after seven years of marriage and two more kids, the differences started to show. My mother changed. And today, with my mother long gone, she's as much a mystery to my father as she's ever been. Goodness, are these some of the Wellington people that she was uh, associating with? Well, she was head of a government department. That's wonderful. So she was uh, fraternising with, with, um, you know, with the, with the big wigs. The big wigs. I loved Elizabeth. There's not, you know, she changed. She changed. And I know that you saw the change in her. She changed from a... I'm not quite sure how to put it. She was a normal person to an extrovert. And I'm not sure I could handle that. No, she was a very, well, you know, intimidating is the word, but at the same time she could, if she loved you, she loved you a lot. If she didn't love you, you would dog me. Did I mean, Elizabeth ever mellow uh, before she started to get sick? Did she ever begin to start feeling a little less antagonistic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah, she I mean, I, I think I've explained that to you yeah. over the phone that she but, uh, she had me she arrested. was on a spirit. She, she had, had me arrested when I came back to New Zealand, and I that was, I got that know, was for child support, child support, stuff yeah. like that. Well, you know, when you leave everything behind, pack a couple of suitcases and leave, and not really, I wasn't intending to be gone as long, but you know, all through the period of time, she wouldn't give us a divorce. I tried to get a divorce, and finally, it ended up in. Um, 1973 in August we ended up with the divorce but you know we'd been separated since 1969 why wouldn't she give you a divorce because I had a girlfriend at that stage and she just was she was being difficult I thought you know it was it was a real power struggle she sued me for adultery I countersued her mm. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a messier situation than I really thought it should have been. We have rapes every night. We have murders every night. We have a whole slew of stuff. And the problem is, it's not the people who own guns legally. The law-abiding citizens don't commit crimes. It's the thugs that buy these Saturday night specials on the street. Never take for granted that a gun is unloaded. unloaded. Yeah, no, a lot of people get killed by elite. unloaded guns. Because they, they're stupid sure and they, a lot, lot of them look down the barrel trying yeah. to find the bullet, you know. The you know, they have one finger on the trigger and they're looking down the... take me someplace where I can live safely without fear of my life and you can't. If you went downtown on the other side of highway uh, of 65 going to town you better be expecting to look out. You better be on the lookout for people after about 8 o'clock at night. So have you had someone shoot at you? No. Yeah. No. Never had. Yeah. Never had. Yeah.
That's beautiful. It goes back to 1806. Is that right? I didn't realise it was so old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very old. Everything we do is pre-Civil War. (laughs) Pre-Civil War. (laughs) Mostly we do uh, 1840s and 50s. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's lovely. Lovely. All right. A part of me would like to say thank you, Jim. Thank you for inviting me into your home. Thank you for feeding us. Thank you to both of you for your generosity and your, your love. I'd like to think that I was respectful and someone you could think kindly of. But there's something there, isn't there? Oh, we got the Hilda Beast running for president. Who's the Hilda Beast? That's the Hillary or Hillary Clinton. She has Hillary. lots of nicknames. Hillary, the Hilda Beast, Hillary. President Bush and Senator John McCain are leading the attack for the Republicans, and Obama's Democratic rival, Senator Clinton, is intensifying her assault. You helped remind everyone that politics isn't a game. The oil companies, the drug companies, like a lot like Hitler, predatory student loan companies have had seven years of a president who stands up for them, who stands up for all of you. We call Condoleezza Congo, Lisa. To deliver on the promise that government will be of the people, by the people, and for the people, not just the privileged few. And look at our own Congress. You know they, you know, you know what their retirement pay is? They can go up and serve one four-year term and they can collect for the rest of their lives the same pay as they were making when they were working which is uh, $100,000 plus plus every year. Now that just, to me, why can't I go work four years somewhere and retire? You could if you happen to be a a liar and a cheat and a thief. A congressman. About all we get elected as politicians these days. Yeah, I mean, you can't, can't, we can't elect anybody that's going to work to help us. They always go in to help themselves. You know, see how how much money can I steal? And there's all kind of people coming across the border illegally. You know, they Biggest sneak across. Biggest drug traffic they've ever had in their lives, streaming across the Mexican border. And we can't even shoot at them. You know, when they shoot, when the, when the illegals come in and they're, they're running drugs or they're running more illegals, they start shooting at our border agents and they can't shoot back this country. This place doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, it, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't you know, it just, we just sense. don't understand, you know, why they're, but they look at these people as potential voters. Yeah, well, the, the Democrats are the party of big government, or, well, used to be, they're all the same now, but originally the Democrats were were the liberal party, and they were the ones that give the handouts, you know, to the to anybody that wants them. the workers' friend, or that's Yeah, the workers' friend, or whatever. All the big unions, you know, were, in, were both Democrat, um, and so if they think they can get these illegals to vote Democrat, and they'll just they'll walk away with all of the elections. My father, he's got the Confederate flag in his car, and when we're driving around, sometimes I'm, you know, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable. I'm not sure what to make of the whole thing. It's his heritage. It's his heritage. It's heritage. Yeah. Down south. You get a bad name for that flag, but it's not really a hate flag. Not to the true American. It's a flag of proud heritage. The only place you can get good sweet tea. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good sweet iced tea. I don't drink tea. Oh. Well, when we went up north a little bit, they didn't offer sweet tea. What are you doing here? Were you born in Australia? No, I was born in New Zealand. It's my father here. His name's Jim. I'm Hamish. So I got a report back on Australia from my sister. She said that everything down there is so pro-American that it definitely... They're good friends of ours. Yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of controversy about that now because the war is not going really the way anyone thought it would. And oh, the war. But yeah. the thing is, and I try to look at it this way: um, any government, let them come over and do you like they did us in 9/11, and see what you want to do. You can't sit back and just let them get stronger. Well, why stronger. don't we close our borders? Huh? Why don't we close our borders uh, and keep the riffraff out? I, I, I agree. With I you. totally There's something agree. wrong with the picture. We're I, over there trying to give them democracy. We're not using it ourselves. I agree. And basically, we can't shut our borders and keep out the riffraff. 100%. Is there a problem I don't know what the there? problem is there. I, <laughs> I had a visit from the FBI four years ago. It was the year, day before I went and renewed my gun permit. And I had these two fellows came to the door. They showed me. They showed me 11 pictures of Arabs. When they were finished, I said to them, you're chasing terrorists all over the world, why won't you close our borders? They're pouring in. Everybody that might have any grievance against us just walks across the border and we're not. There was a fence. We used to be members of what's, what's called the uh, Republican Assembly, which is the extreme right arm of the Republican Party. But then we were also in a, in a group called John Birch Society, which there again is a conservative uh, yeah. A conservative outfit. Uh, for a while, we joined the NRA, which is National Rifle Association, and when we found out they they don't do anything, nothing. you know, they're all they 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 agree they with what everybody else says. And, no and we we dropped them like a hot potato. And uh, the yeah, mayor, yeah. even the mayor, got to where he knew who we were, and oh, he yeah. even likes sure. us. While Jim's outlook on the South struggle doesn't seem that different to 150 years ago. The style of conflict has changed. Now, the federal taxation system is the new battlefield. So what will happen to you when they see that you're not paying taxes? What do you, what, well, they already know we're not. Absolutely. Yeah, they write us a letter every now and then, and yeah. we write them back. And we just write them back. And then we don't hear from them again. I'll, send, I'll give you a, a copy. Year I'll print you a copy of the last letter I sent to the IRS. We are not taxable. The IRS was to designed to collect taxes for the District of Columbia. And if you have a federal source income, if you work for the government in any shape or form, if you're in the military, you have a tax obligation. But the people who live in the 50 states that don't have a federal source income have no tax liability. But most people pay taxes, don't sure, they? Sure, because yeah, they don't they, know they, any difference. Because they get threatened by the IRS. And we're educating people all over the place. So aren't they threatened by what you're doing? No, because we're not, we're not, we're not advertising it. We're not writing no, books. No, we're not, we're not soliciting people. The tax debt that we collect from the IRS, you know, the billions of dollars that come in to the IRS, does not get spent to support this country. None of it is actually spent in this country. On a cold morning in early March, Penny and I joined Jim and his friends at the diner. Alabama. It sits in a large parking lot not far from where Jim lives. It's a southern style place with grits, cornbread and cheap coffee. Ashtrays dot the pitted tables and the customers 
like the waitresses, appear white and large. Sometimes it's just Jim and his Vietnam vet friend Bob who limps in clutching his Bible. Other times it's quite a crowd. Well, I think the pizza's probably going to be something like a 30 old six. Ray, this is my son Hamish from Brisbane, Australia, and my daughter Penny from Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, yeah. Well, I think Hamish and Penny both feel a little bit of culture shock, like they stepped onto another planet. We are certainly different from this is another planet way of life. So, Clark, do you think that that the situation where you know, like you could get you don't pay tax. You think that's going to continue? Like more people will do that? I think so. Oh yeah. I think a lot of rebellion. Do you think the IRS will come try to come down on them? Well, they'll yeah. try to. They'll try to. Because it must be pretty threatening to them. Oh, well, yeah, it is. Thirty-three million now is out. Is out. Three million. 33 million. 33 million. Oh. I had filed a paid in 10 years. And they uh, falsely accused me of owing them 45,000, which is now escalated to 95,000 with interest and penalties. So they're, 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 they're I, holding you to that? Are they trying to hold you to that? Well, only if I get a job where they can illegally threaten the employer to hold out. He says it'll be here for a short well, he could die like Pope John. And you don't like Ratzinger? Ratzinger, he's the, the Pope, isn't he? Ratzinger? Yes. Have you read the Bible lately? No, lately. Uh, pull out chapter 17, Revelation, and have a look at it. You will see a description of the Church of Rome. Jesus called children of the devil. In, see in a King James Bible. In the King James Bible. Don't mess with any other Bible in my opinion. And dear Dr. Fuller, through your ministry 17 years ago, I was converted and life has been blessed ever since. My wife accepted Christ soon after and I have been privileged to lead some others to him. This is from an elderly lady, dear Brother Fuller. I have lived over my time, past 80, and my hard-earned savings are just about gone. But your services are my greatest comfort, as I am here alone in my apartment and very crippled. I keep saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I wish I could help with the broadcast, but I cannot. Please keep sending me the heart-to-heart -heart talks, which I let my friends read too, and they are a comfort to us all. I don't really know what his point is. You know, the South has changed. The South was screwed by the North. The South was this, the South was that. It's like, okay, what do you want? You know, we know what happened. We know who the bad people were, in theory. And what would you like to do now? Is there much of a connection between the sort of the Confederate hardliners and racist stuff though here? No. Not really. Not they, they, not they make more of a deal out of it than we do. You know, we, we had to endure, I don't know if you know much about Martin Luther King or not, but he was a, he was a racist, he was a, uh, the, the night before he was assassinated, what do you know about he had two Martin white whores in the room with him. What do you know about Martin Luther that's, King? That's Have a you, known fact. Do you know anything about Martin uh, Luther King? He was an adulterer. He was. He plagiarized his uh, his uh, thesis. His "I Have a Dream" speech didn't belong to him. It belonged to somebody else. 
Uh, he was. Uh, he used to send people when they marched from Selma to Montgomery. He sent people. He white and black people. He sent ahead of the march to go into the into the yards of people. And this has all been documented by Ebony Magazine. So this is not something that that's that's a conspiracy. It's it's a fact. Uh, he would send these people into Montgomery ahead of the march or just along the path. And people would open their doors to go out and get their paper in the morning, and there'd be two people out in their front yard having sex. And there'd be a camera over here, and the, whoever was getting going out to get their paper, he'd holler at him. He'd say, y'all get out of my yard. Get out of here. And they'd film that. But they never showed what the man was hollering at, and when they played it at night, they said, see how they treat these people? You know, they, they won't let them even walk through their yard. Well, that's not what they were doing. They weren't walking through the yard. They were, you know, fornicating in the front yard. And that people didn't want them doing that. I want to say how much I appreciate it. You opening yourself up to me and your warm hospitality. But it's like something gets in the road. Maybe it's pride, maybe it's politics. I don't know. I felt like I was a child again. And with my microphone beside me, I'm spoiling for a fight. When I listen to you, I hear Mexicans, I hear homosexuals, I hear civil right people, I hear kind of people who are on drugs. I'm hearing 90% of society Who's left? Us, the minority. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody How, how can all. you open your heart with, with love to these Do people? Do you believe just... that homosexuality is wrong? No. You don't. Some of my best friends are homosexual. You have a gay stepson. There's nothing wrong with loving them, but God says homosexuality is an abomination. Your God says. Okay. We don't, we don't have a problem with, with homosexuals. We simply don't want them to be taught in school. They're trying to push it down the children's throats here. They're not, they're not just wanting them to be accepted. They're wanting to teach them how to be homosexuals in our schools, and we don't, we don't agree with that. And what I'm hearing you saying is that other people have got rights that we haven't got, and we're being discriminated we against. We are. We are. So we who's are. we? Who is we? Christian, Christian Southerners, Christian Northerners, whomever, whoever it's just, wants it's it. Just Christians? Well, no, not just Christians. Just uh, Southerners are. We have uh, April is Confederate History Month. Hmm. And, and this is what you were saying yeah, that the other and, people and, get and time nobody, to celebrate, but you don't. Well, no, what's, every, what about every Christmas? Day. What about Easter? What about it? Well, they're Christian celebrations. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're Catholic celebrations. Can you find it in your heart to understand how that Confederate flag, whether or not you agree with it, can you find it in your heart to understand why that symbol is an insult to some people? It's, it's, but, it's, yeah, if they can but, understand that Martin Luther King is an insult to me. You know, that's not my Martin question, Luther though, That's not my well, question. That is, it, that's it not is, my question. It is. It's, it's a similar question. You want me to accept that, it's, that something is, is, is wrong. See, they've yet, taken the wrong interpretation from that flag 
to me, that flag. I take is, the wrong interpretation of that flag. I see that flag in it. I, even in your state of knowing what you know today, the more I find out about it, the more I think this is a very powerful, very provocative statement. But why should it be a problem for them? It's none of their concern. <clears throat> I, you know, to me, this is the problem with the blacks. Let me be quite blunt. Why don't they mind their own business, get on to improve their own lot, and stop worrying about something that has nothing to do with them whatsoever? That flag has nothing to do with black heritage, and it shouldn't be any of their concern. Have I got a right to fly that flag? Yes. And I will to the day they put me in the ground. And the reason for it is, I'm respecting my ancestors, and if there's someone that has a problem with it, Look the other way. They have no reason to be concerned. Look the other way, Hamish. I think you're creating more of a problem. No. I think you're just it's well, creating more and more of a well, problem. Well, that's your opinion. I know it is, Jim. All right, guys, I'm sorry. We better no, get going. No, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry you feel that yeah, way, Hamish, okay. because it's your heritage. All right. And if you're ashamed of that flag, then I'm very sorry. <clears throat> It was funny, after I said those things to you, Jim, I sat there on the couch, feeling like such a dickhead. I was fumbling with my digital recorder, thinking, oh God, have I crossed the line. But I, don't I hadn't. I don't in any way want to frighten you. Yeah. I am, I'm humble at this point in my life, Hamish. I have got to the stage where Linda and I and this little house are all we've got in the world. Now, I can only say that the things that I have done that have both been good and bad have left me feeling a little more mortal. <laughs> if I could just express that in a way you understand. Yeah. I used to think I could conquer the world. Young people tend to think that oh yeah let's get over an adversity you know we'll find another you know mountain to climb mm. um, I'm out of mountains I'm out of time mm. yeah. yeah if I get 20 more years mm. I will consider it a blessing mm. that we can spend more time mm. with each of the people in my life that are important mm. and if you choose to use any of this for your broadcasting please feel free to do so thank you please feel free to do so I'm sure there are a lot of people who would listen to something you said and add whatever thoughts you cared to for this effort there must be many other people in a similar position to yourself where a father has left their lifestyle and become estranged and they don't know how to go about getting reconnected again. The morning we leave, Jim and Linda both look tired. Penny and I are ready to go. The four of us hug and say our goodbyes. If any of you have noticed in the pictures taken of tribes in Africa, the awful hopeless look on most of the faces my sister and I drive north to Atlanta, listening to Christian radio. 
we are bewildered and surprisingly sad. Then at the airport, we go our separate ways. Listening to Battle Flagging Father, a son's portrait of a distant father. The song Join Around the Flag was by John Dillon from the CD White Mansions. Battle Flagging Father was recorded on location in Mobile, Alabama and in the neighbouring state of Mississippi. Thanks to Cracker Dan for allowing us to record and use their music throughout this documentary. Battle Flagging Father was recorded, written, presented and produced by Hamish Sewell. The sound engineer was Judy Rapley, and the supervising producer for Radio Eye was Tony McGregor. Hello, 